I want to make sure I get this straight. Uh, Wednesday, you were so emotionally destroyed by the uh, you know, uh, the Minnesota United performance that you haven't been able to lay your eyes on soccer since then. So, good job, Heath. The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Sheila Regan, Bridget McDowell, and Pablo Miranda. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria and Eric Silva Brenneman. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. I just realized Rodrigo's recording, so we got all that quality content there. Sweet. <laughs> well, well played, sir. Well played. Bye. But you, oh no, I, I got. I think I got something about a crotch or taking off. Yes. Shirt. maybe we'll use that later. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. How did you like that's that soundbite? That's what the patrons pay for. Yeah, what did, yes, you like that soundbite right. at the beginning of that episode? I was really proud of that. I was like, yes, it worked well. Yeah, no, it was good. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get going. Um, welcome, listeners, to another Minnesota football show and whatever madness Rodrigo just put in there as a cold open. <laughs> We got we some good good options this this episode. Uh, how, how's everybody doing, uh, Bridget? How are you? Good. What's Enjoying new? the long weekend. It's Saturday again, so. Mm-hmm. I have not that. watched any soccer whatsoever in like. Neither have I. <laughs> well, since Wednesday, I yeah. think that was the last time I did anything. Yeah, I don't think I've seen anything since. And I've enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, as Minnesota United supporters, we kind of deserve the break. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so I, I want to make sure that I get... That's I Pablo get, speaking. I, I want to make sure I get this straight. Uh, Wednesday, you were so emotionally destroyed by the, uh, you know, uh, the Minnesota United performance that you haven't been able to lay your eyes on soccer since then. So, good job, Heath. I think yep. that's the cold open. I think there you go. That's the cold open. Oh, you've, you've got multiple <laughs> options out of this episode. <laughs> Might be a couple open. You can, oh, you can do a cold open for every segment. Now. Yes. Now we can. Yes. We're yes, going to have to now. I, I, that's a new challenge. Every, every new show, we have a new segment. We're going to have to talk about how we... Um, we'll talk off, off air how we want to um, deal with, um, with how we um, make all the other shows available so we'll see yeah uh, i just wanted to mention that i've been uh pretty busy over the past two or three months finally getting into studio and re- recording a bunch of music that i've been some of the songs i've been sitting on for uh well one in particular is four years old uh and a couple are just two months old that were very much inspired by all the events in minneapolis and the, the murder of mr floyd and the rebellion and the uprising and a whole bunch in between it's a pretty ambitious project i got like 13 tracks i want to say and Spent all day yesterday and I still didn't get finished. And, and um, I'm, I'm kind of looking at my, I haven't done like a GoFundMe and it doesn't feel right to be asking for, for uh, community funding at least yet, but I'm starting to look at the bank account and kind of where I'm at. And I'm like, Hmm, this is going to get complicated here pretty quickly because <laughs> I've had two sessions now and you know, it's, it's, it's fine. I, I know how these things go. I've recorded enough to know, but uh yeah, time and money, money and time when you're in a professional studio. So eventually it'll get done. But, uh, but yeah. That's you want to teach uh, virtual jujitsu to Santi? I'll pay for you for that. 
virtual? <laughs> That's wow. I don't even know. You can use me as his dummy just to throw mm. me around. That could be fun. Oh. We've been yeah, we've been, be, we've been be doing wrestling kind of sense in a sense, yeah. and I'm trying to teach him just how to use his body and holes. But oh, let's that boy's teach strong. Santi. Let's teach Santi to hurt him, and then we can send him to hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Hey, by, well, the, by the way, by yes. the way, we're not. We're gonna plug in our, our personal stuff. I'm a house painter, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sure, why not? Put it Never in there. Mind. Are you free this month? I need I need to finish painting our living room. All right. Sure. Um, I'll hook you up. Let's get in, guys. So we got um I wanted to mention Minneapolis City intramurals are still happening over at the Nessie. Uh I have not had a chance to make it out. Uh, I don't think anybody any of us have in fact, but it sounds like they're they're quite a blast and hopefully we'll get an ambassador out there at some point just to uh just to check it out and if anything, see, see some cool live soccer and some teams with some amazing names. <laughs> Bridget, do you know, like, is, is there a, I, I, last time I checked, there wasn't like a table, but do you know who's kind of leading right now or who, who's doing the best out of those teams? I do not. Okay. That's fair. I just want, I love the, uh, I can't even think of the names right now. Um, I'm just drawing a blank, but they're just so freaking good. Their names are so good. So we'll see if we can get out there. Um, I put this story in because I just think it's spectacular. Uh, Cloquet Carlton, this came out of the Duluth News Tribune. Like, so you guys know northern Minnesota better than I do, but Cloquet is, is farther north than Duluth, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cloquet is where uh, Jessica Lang is from. Oh, yeah. there you go. Thank you, Pablo. So – we had the women's uh, high school team there, Cloquet Carlton, and three girls take a knee during the national anthem. Pretty, pretty badass show of, of solidarity from not exactly a place that you would expect, and uh, pretty cool. That yeah, was that's, nice. that that's was nice. big up for that area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is the Iron Range over there, isn't it? I mean, it's a yep. little more liberal than the rest of you know rural Minnesota, <laughs> but but still, you know, it's well. uh... <laughs> <laughs> anything with range in it. I don't really consider liberal. At all. Typically, it usually is more liberal, but uh, I think three or four of the cities along the North Shore have now like fully endorsed Trump, so it's yeah. uh, less liberal now than it used to be. I, I was really waiting to see when was this going to happen specifically with all the high school games kind of with the minnesota state high school league saying that fall soccer could play i was wondering how that's going to be and it should be interesting if there's more teams specifically in the twin cities that do that or have not done that yet i think there i saw i just caught the headline something about roseville girls soccer oh really um i haven't been able to find the article again i just scrolled past it last night um but it sounds like there's definitely a few more taking that cue. So. Yeah, right. and I think it's going to be interesting because I think a lot of those high school teams right now are like, they've had at least two games in. And yeah. and, and now, like, they're like, okay. Like, there was a whole craziness of trying to figure out practices and conditioning and getting the first couple of games out. And now I think it – I hope I see it more often, specifically in, in the Twin Cities. But just amazing that it's – a lot of the girls' teams that are taking advantage of that. I haven't heard any of the boys' teams doing that at all. So we'll see. 
that's a good that's a good point yeah um, I mean, that's kind of the trend though isn't it the the women's whether professional or amateur the the women usually are the ones that step up first and and really uh well, take that action it's logical that you know like you know they're already a an affected uh minority when it comes to sports you know so it's mm -hmm. logical that would be empathetic you know about in about these things you know speaking of that i'm gonna just jump to this because it's a good transition this is pretty amazing. Sebefi, who are terrible on so many things with women's football in Brazil, they have decided to do equal pay with the women's Brazilian national team. Um, broke earlier in the middle of the week. Uh, I'm I'm kind of shocked. It's it's pretty amazing that Brazil essentially beats the United States. I mean, the U.S. women are still fighting for for this, and and then all of a sudden it, it comes out for Martha and and Formiga and crew, which, wow, I, I didn't see that one coming. So good on them, parabéns. I don't know how it works in Brazil, but in Uruguay, the players that come in to play for the men's national team, they get like a flat fee when, you know, they don't get paid as much as they get paid, you know. Um, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a big amount of money because obviously Uruguay has more players that, the national team can handle. So everyone is so happy to go and play for the national team, you know, regardless, even, you know, I, I uh, if I remember correctly, I think the money that they make playing for the national team gets donated to the players union every time. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like a, a big, a, a big, a big amount, it, you know, so, so it's not that hard to do. Like even in Uruguay, this has been tried to be done and, and yeah, people get so, bent out of shape about it because you know the women's uh, 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 team doesn't have the you know doesn't bring the people and also have the interest you know that the males team that the men's team have which is you know it's bullshit because you haven't you don't know because you haven't offered it you know yep. but uh, but the fact that you know the making the statement that the, the boys and the girls are going to make the same amount of money is huge it's great it's huge. Congra congratulations to brazil man for real, for real. And I have a feeling, this hasn't been reported yet, but this is just me speculating that I think between Marta and her relationship with Rapino and Lavelle and everybody in the U.S. And, and having these equal rights and equal pay conversations, I think that's she's definitely uh, in the background making these things happen. And I think Pia, what's, what's Pia's last name, the Swedish coach? I can't remember right now. You guys remember? Anyway, the coach, do you know Bridget? You want to say? No, I'm trying to think of it. I can't remember either. It's such an S. But anyway, Pia, yeah. we'll just call her Coach Coach Pia, Technica Pia. I feel I have a feeling she's bringing a lot of power to the table as well and kind of also very much in tune with the movement and things that are happening and probably sat down with Sebeyefi maybe for the first time as a women's team representative and was just like, listen, this is messed up and we got to do something about this, which, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. The, just, just me speculating, but there, there's, there's got to be some background things that are happening here to have kind of push this thing over the line, you know? Right on. So it's Pia, uh, um, forgive me the spelling, but it's, uh, is it Soon, Soon Hag? That's right. Yeah. Like it's S-U-N-D-H-A-G-E. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I think between her and, and, uh, and Marta, I just have this feeling that they were ap applying some pressure or a lot of pressure. Yeah, one of the things too is that I like to see more. It's like right before COVID hit, there was like a tournament style of women's teams. Um, like I forget where it was. I think it was in Colombia, and it was great to see that. And I think Comebol needs to get off their asses 
and start just creating more tournaments just for the fact of not only getting more exposure of the game but also getting 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 the um getting the women more more competition within within South America I think that's something that's specifically should be should be working on currently I think you know I mean you have so much talent that's not having the right amount of coaching inconsistent coaching like for Peru I think this is the first time that they haven't you know a la a la, a la Brazil type of uh, you know local league you know they don't have they fire their coaches every six months and and but this is I believe the first time Peru has had a women's coach for more than a year so the consistency helps and I think if we are able to start figuring stuff like that out um, players not only in in South America but players who also are outside of South America can can find a, a way to be able to get exposure and play and I think the more tournaments the better I mean I don't. I don't see why we have to wait for them to do that, and I also don't see why they don't. Why, why you know the national teams need to need to wait for Comebol to do something like that. You know, just I don't know, do like a regional thing, right? Like Uruguay, Argentina, Paraguay, and I don't know, invite Bolivia, right? <laughs> and then see how that works out. Right? <laughs> well, what's the shade with Bolivia? <laughs> landlocked country. You always got to shame the landlocked country, right, Uruguay? <laughs> Right, Pablo? Shame the landlocked country. Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually Chile's fault. Where's Lelisa when I need to pick on her? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, moving on to uh, some more drama in Utah. I and mean, we talked about the owner ex- extensively last week, but then it kind of started a break that uh, the chief business officer, Andy Carroll, is also kind of a garbage human. Who, who would like to take this one? Pop, or, uh, Rodrigo is eating, so not him. But, but Bridget, do you want to talk a little bit about it? Sure. Yeah, so it came out after the RSL Soapbox article about Hellboy um, oh that Andy Carroll is also uh, not much different and no better than the owner. Um, thought it was interesting how their first response was, well, but he's a fantastic businessman and he's gotten us to this point. But, oh, by the way, yes, these are disturbing disturbing allegations. Um, so the, he was definitely uh, a big factor in that toxic environment that they were citing. Um, racist, misogynist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's a mess. He is also a real mess. on leave, leave of absence yes. from the club. So they all get these after another. Right. They all get these very generous leaves, don't they? They you know, fail up and fail out and they land on their feet. The, the interesting thing is is that if the owner is has racist tendencies and homophobic tendencies and misogynist tendencies, more than likely he's going to hire people that have the same mind frame, right? So, I mean, like, is this really surprising? No. I mean, it seems that, you know, Utah has had a, a long list of laundry list of, of, of events of which this has been visible, but um, you know, they were, they were hoping that the ends justify the means in a sense. And I think at, at the point where like your owner says some of the most dumbest things in the current state of mind that we're all in, then that leads to, a, that leads to 
the floodgates opening up and just saying, you know what, F this guy. We're just going to let everyone have it. So I'd take, I'd like to take this time to, because uh, I know JJ Watt and Josie Altador listen to our podcast. <laughs> just, just buy the team, guys. Both of you. Just you know, go 50 50 on the team. We, that would be amazing. We mentioned we'll them last week. Uh, if either of them retweeted a Minnesota football show tweet, that would be something. <laughs> um, to MLS's back back, Rodrigo, this is mostly for you. Uh, Seattle LAFC last week, big win. Seattle 3 1. Rui Diaz, Golden Boot Watch, of course. Uh, he gets the goal and. Jordan Morris gets a brace. I think we talked a little bit about this. I don't remember. I don't know if anyone ever, um, if anyone follows 31 questions, but Issa's in in G's uh, account and Nubi's account too, because Nubia does that from time to time. But she caught me while I was celebrating Rudia's Golden Boot Watch and put a video out. But yes, Rudia's Golden Boot Watch. We're still on it. I think he scored four goals and so many. I mean, he's, he's, he's doing it. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I mean, it's, we'll see how long it holds out. It's always a dream of mine to have a Peruvian win the Golden Boot, but there's uh, there's others out there, you know, that are <laughs> that are still trying to do things. So yeah, speaking of others, that's a good transition. We'll go. We'll switch into Minnesota United mode. Unfortunately, I suppose. But here's a cool thing, a, a positive. Uh, our friend Christian Ramirez, uh, he goes back and forth with Wes and the Blackheart, and he basically puts out that for the first. Uh, 21 people that wear his jersey, representing Ramirez 21 from back in the day, he'll buy them all beer at the Blackheart because that's just who he is. It's like, <laughs> that's so beautiful. I saw that and I did not understand what it, what it meant. I thought it was, you know, to, to be honest, I thought it was actually West that was going to buy a beer. I just realizing now that it was actually Christian doing this. Yeah, thing. man. Yeah. I, love, I love the dude, man. Of yeah. course. Of course. <laughs> like, e- even in his absence in the rival team, he's doing more than most of the players on Minnesota United for their supporters. And, and what and does that thing. say? Is that oh. Wes changed changed the contract of agreement, and it was just the first twenty one people that show up at Blackheart get the. Oh yeah, 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 nice. Well, that's what? that's roughly his capacity for the. Yes. Matches. Yeah. Exactly. Well, right. I mean. So it's like full capacity. <laughs> everybody drinks are free. I don't gonna pay for it. No, I think you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, Christian's a great guy. Should open the open the open the uh, the Blackheart that day and call it the Christian Ramirez Day. For real. <laughs> um. On September 1st, we had uh, the special day, uh, Fangmeyer Day, I called it, for, for all those that celebrate. Uh, it happened. It was official. We got the, uh, the Bebelo um, legitimate presentation and all the media hype. And I don't know, there are at least 10 tweets and 10 Facebook posts and lots of Spanish speaking, talking about his style and what he's going to do and, you know, the hype as it were. But we just have to pause and say... Mark Fangmeyer, parabéns, meu cara. <laughs> what a – I can't imagine what that guy is feeling. What a special time for him. You know what's funny is uh, what is the right pronunciation of – is it – because uh, people have said bebelo and people are saying bibelo, and I'm like – It can't be bibelo. <laughs> it can't be. Well, okay, I'm the one with the uh, uh, Argentinian accent, so – Anyone going to ask me at any time or what? Okay, Pablo, as, your, ahead, Pablo. as, a, as a local Argentinian – um, <laughs> please tell us what the right pronunciation. He, 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 wa- he walked into that one. <laughs> I, I am I am a member of the Argentinians in Minnesota, 
uh, Facebook page. So that's gotta, that's, that's Under, gotta yeah, be cover it. ups undercover. That's, that's gotta be it. So it's called. Uh, it's actually said be bebelo. 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 Yeah, bebelo. El bebelo. Nice. <laughs> All right. So there it is. Any, 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 anyway, over. officially announced by the club when? Uh, about a week ago. It was the yeah, it was September first. Uh, September first. Yeah. Well, officially announced by the Minnesota Football Show when back in March. Oh man, <laughs> February maybe. I don't February. remember. Yeah, yeah. just uh, I don't back know. Back in the KRSM days, right? Yes, yeah. definitely. If we, uh, you know, I'm just trying to take credit for things that others <laughs> done other than my own. <laughs> well, we we can't take as much credit as as Fangmeyer though. He's, I don't know. He, they, I feel like I feel like the club owes him something. To be to be totally honest, <laughs> yeah, more more than the gifts that they posted. So Fang yes. Meyer now, Fang Meyer now is, is uh, understands that, you know, a deal is not done until you know, certain amount of people makes a certain amount of money. <laughs> so or, he knows or, that. Or, now. He yeah, knows that now. Yeah. He he has definitely learned the ways of Conmebol. I think I, I talked to him about that a few times. But, he, but he's also learned that if you don't, if you must continue tweeting for what has long been five six months, like he never yeah. let up. I mean, he was very tenacious. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like Bridget was pointing out, I love the way that Minnesota United media team put out the the Reynoso watches over, and then there's yep. the image of Reynoso pointing to a watch. And I mean, that was, <laughs> and then as as you read that tweet, like all the replies, like all of them, the majority of them had, you know, Mark Fingmeyer tagged on it, and I thought yep. that was that was a well done job by, by our friend. Yeah. I think that that was that was well deserved. All the accolades for him being uh, his determination to be able to will something to that you know so as we say right um benedetti watch never dies so oh no now <laughs> we're going back to that <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm glad we have him i think it's going to be great you know to to the team and i think it's at, at this point it's you know it's very important that we get the players um you know so they can we can succeed in spite of coaching yeah, oh, well, that is a perfect transition, Pablo. Thank you so much. Um, here we go. We had a midweek match, Minnesota United and Houston. And, boy, what a train wreck this was. Um, I guess we start with the fact that we learned Chacon was not going to be playing with a little knock from Dallas, so he was out. Um, he, got for... a, he, got, he got upset about that, by the way. I don't know. You know, you know people on TV – I. I... I turned the volume up just to see what they were saying about that. It's like uh, so someone on TV called him. Uh, well, he's a hot-headed Uruguayan. You know, it's just like. Okay. I mean, that's accurate. That that's that describes your entire nation. It's true. <laughs> no, it, no, no, it, it's, no. it's true no. to a point. It's true to a point in no. where you know, and where certain things need to be done at certain points let's, of the match. Let's because, calm you know, down they, here. Because they, because they calm got down. Let's, let's not use aggressive <laughs> language here. Let's make sure oh, that we don't... Sa says the guy that disparages Argentina <laughs> in every episode. Wait, wait. Well, I haven't done that today. I mean, I haven't done that yet. No. Go yeah, ahead yeah. and say. Go ahead and say anything you yeah. anything you want about Uruguay because I'm going to say anything I want about Peru. You know. So I'll, I'll take care of Brazil on my own. I'll, I'll slam them all day. <laughs> Let's move from hothead to passionate. About fine, that. fine, fine. Oh so, my lord. So, 
So anyway, I mean, this is, you know, this is the actual play, you know, that put him out for the next game. He got that knee in the back of the leg, you know, like, yeah, that's, you know, like, you, I don't know who, you know, if anyone is watching, you know, soccer and actually haven't played the sport and think that, you know, that that was accidentally or, you know, or, or casual, you know, it was like, or, or it was a, just a casual thing, you know, no, you, you land the best you can on the player underneath. And the best, like, and the best you can, you mean, like, you know, you, you land. You're already on the air going down. I mean, like, that, that's nothing new. I mean, this kid, you know, grew up playing soccer in Uruguay. And, uh, you know, imagine him in Uruguay with his size, the kind of treatment he had over there. So, you know, the fact that he got up and, and, and was upset, you know, it, it means that he's not – because he's the guy that gets up and keeps going every time. That time he did not, you know. He, he felt that knee in the back of his leg, and he knew it was, it was going to hopefully not, you know, keep him from playing. But, it, you know, guess what? That was kept, one of my favorite moments, though, because, like – there's been many people in Minnesota and former Minnesota United media that say that he's so small. He's, you know, he needs to get, he's not as physical. He's not going to take the physicality of the league. And all I've ever seen from him is just, he gets knocked down. He gets back up again. Right. Yeah. And then one time he gets knocked down from the back because he was frustrated because the other team was frustrated on his quick play. He literally like, is ready to fight someone and standing over them. And that literally oh, yeah. was my favorite moment in the sense of like, yep. I wanted, I wanted to be like, yep. All you guys have said, you know, all the people who have said, you know, that this guy is that, you know, can't take the physicality of the league. There you go. Here's a Hold five up. foot seven guy trying to beat the crap out of someone who's six foot two. <laughs> yeah. And, and I thought, and I thought to myself, like, you better start fighting him before he, you know, before he stands up. <laughs> Because <laughs> otherwise you're gonna be punching him in the thigh, man. In the mouth, he's your size. Exactly. <laughs> All right, bringing it back, bringing it back. So we had an interesting formation. We had um, Edwards get a start, a well-deserved start on the right. Uh, Toy got the start also in, in as the striker. Uh, Musa got the start. Harrison got the start. So there was a, a lot of new faces and uh, and no Aussie taking a break i'm just assuming because he wanted to he wasn't injured or anything it, it, am i right on that he just i need to rest yeah, i think they just i think it was minute management yep exactly but i want i want to say hurston's position in the field is actually right midfielder observer okay okay <laughs> fair enough is why is he in this team? He 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 doesn't touch a ball. I don't know. I I follow him for minutes and minutes on end, and he does not participate on anything. <laughs> uh, something over there is not okay. <laughs> Whatever it is. Well, there's there's a lot that's not okay. I think that's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know who who wants to take it. I mean, the first notes that I have are just that within like the first three minutes. What did I say here? Three early turnovers in five minutes. At least, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was it was rough from the very get go. Like they just could not hold on to the ball. Um, Toy gets a couple shots off. Um, Gasper started okay. I'll give him credit. Like he actually got some shots off. He got some little crosses and things off. But yeah, that's Gasper, kind of a that's kind Gasper, of a footnote. That's kind of a Gasper, footnote because it's going to. Go ahead, sorry. Consi- he's consistent when he when well, he's not playing yes. well. He still passes the test. You know. 
I, I don't know. I like Gasper. I've been. I'm being know. very specific when I say first half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you had a good true. first half. <laughs> you, you, you're talking pre-LS, right? I am exactly. <laughs> well, just pre, <laughs> so, just pre-half time. This pre -half time. Is, no, this game is pre-LS and after LS because that's yep. the only way that. Yeah. No. Oh, I mean, correct. here's the thing too: is like you you put you put a person in the midfield, you. The, 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 the aspect of consistency and chemistry is always important, and specifically in the midfield, and specifically with no Aussie to distribute the ball and get back to. I mean, that's the reason we were losing the ball so much. Seriously. Like, which always brings me to the question, you know, like I, I'm always going to ask this question. It's like at one point, do you, like, we, know, we don't know what Ike's situation is, but for this team right now, the most important player, in a sense, is Aussie, in a sense, to be able to secure our defense because – Right now, like Aha needed a break, Chase Chase needs a break. I mean, yeah, oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that so one. For that's sure. that's one of these things too. Is like if we're if we're if we're trying to figure out what's the what's our best approach. I mean, hopefully we we do have Musa has done a, uh, an okay job. He's not the fastest either. So I mean, well, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned him. So let's talk about that for a second because it's clear. I clocked it about the fifteenth or something like that. Quintero is is just getting space and openings all over the place, and it is. So so obvious that he wants to score it on his former team and, and rub it in Heath's face. Like he wants it so bad. He has a couple missed yeah. opportunities and then it happens. Um, 27th minute, you mentioned Musa. I think that was his coverage, but it, it kind of moved all over the place. Started with Christian Ramirez, gets a poke from Memo. And then he he's there with like, I mean, he's in his own zip code, uh, Quintero with nobody around him. And, that, and that's Musa's responsibility. And he just one times it. There's your first goal. No, we were, uh, yeah, we were, you know, we were serving Quintero, which is like, that's not, you know, that's not how you neutralize Quintero. You don't just give him touches on the ball because, you know, the moment he gets control of that ball, he's, he's going to beat you, man. Mm -hmm. We know that, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not I like, think we know it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, it's okay. So here we go. It's like, you know, there are all these truths that are self-evident out there. That hey, <laughs> we're going to get into Hamilton. Dun, da, 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 da. <laughs> anyway, I, I noticed that Toy started pressuring at, uh, on the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. He was like, like pressuring super deep into the defense or whatever, because, you know, the boys yeah. started running down and he's like, he's got this long stride and he was getting there, but then he kind of quits, you know, it's like, why can't he keep it up like Cavani all, all game? I don't know. There, there was one moment with Metanair feeding a really nice pass to Toy right towards the end of the half that looked like it had some potential and it kind of fizzled out and ended up being a corner kick. But I mean, that was one moment that I just I put in there that it actually looked like a nice uh, actual combination to get something going. And yeah. there just wasn't enough of that. And I, I think the problem wasn't so much that Toy was quitting on it um, after making those runs, but no one was following up with the ball. So right. if, if we're just going to turn it over in midfield, why is she going to keep sprinting towards a six-yard box? Like, True. The ball is lost like 30 yards behind him. Um, yeah. And I think he read that like after that first 15 minutes, I think he saw that coming. So you see him start to hang back in the midfield and try to make the runs with the ball and the, to stay in line with everyone else because obviously running ahead wasn't working. No one was going to cross the ball that far. Yep. Matt and there yep. happened to catch him at the right time there. He was able yes. to make that run. Um, but he, I mean, that there wasn't freed up 
for most of the game to make those runs in the first place. He was trying, but he yeah. couldn't get through there. So, uh, that's well, just, well said. I think that's well said. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think our issue has been if one of if we, if we keep asking what is our issue has been ever since MLS is back, is we can't service our forwards. Yeah. And so then our forwards are compromised to try to create their own offense in a sense. And I think that's where we where we're lacking the aspect of creativity. And I think that's that's one of the things. Like if you go back to the first goal, right? Ramirez um, passed it to Memo, and Memo just dribbled in front of the box in the six yard box, just kept pushing the ball out that way, and then yeah. that just drew like three defenders in, and of course leaves Quintero wide open, which is wide exactly open. what yeah. you're trying to do. Which is what we've been saying that in a sense with this with this with this crew of attackers, we need to do, and then which was goes back to the point when we, we, we were playing Dallas and we had the young kids playing, like there was so much, so much combination play in between the, uh, the 18 yard box line, right. Uh, that it, it, it really fluttered the, the Dallas defense. And I think that's what we need to do. I think that's what we need to do. Get people who are willing to make those moves in that combination and, 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 and create havoc. Cause then in that, in that kind of yeah. situation, that leaves toys, um, lots of room to be able to create runs and lots of room to be able to drag defenders. But when no one's servicing the ball, no one's looking to get him the ball, no one's letting him to even dribble up the middle into the box, we, we pretty much, you know, play play our own defense against ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we've given Amaria some crap for the same exact thing. But, I mean, if you subbed him out and put in Toy or any other striker and they end up being stuck in the exact same position... It's not the strikers' issue. It's it's the entire squad behind them. Thank you. So I, think, Thank you. I think that Thank was you. I think that was like the the telling thing. This game kind of definitively made that clear. Yeah, um, but, but here's a question. Then here's a question. Then then whose responsibility is to try and feed him the ball? In a sense, what is Gregor's role in this whole thing? If he's supposed to be, he's our eight. Right? I mean, yeah, he should be getting through that midfield, not turning it over before the center line. Yeah, I'd say all three of those guys. In this case, yeah. it would have been Grey Goose, uh, Hairston, and, and Dotson, too. Dotson was yeah. super quiet in that first half. He was, yeah. yeah. I have the solution for all of you. Thank you for saying that, Bridget. That's just, you know, I don't – that, that's amazing. That was perfect analysis of what's happening over there. But, uh, you know, who can, who can put the ball across fields? Who can, who can actually deliver balls into the box with accuracy? Well, we know who can do that. You know, he did it in the last game in the second half, all second half long. You know, uh, who, who's, who can pass the ball accurately? Chacon can. You know, the, the reason we don't have him in there doing these things, it's just mind-boggling to me. But I, I honestly thought he was going to go with Grey Goose, and then I was like, okay. wait a minute. No, 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 no. No, this is Pablo, isn't it? <laughs> no, man. It's just, I mean, seriously. I mean, like, the guy has a laser shot. It's just like he hit Raheem. Yeah on his feet and he then in the same play he goes and gets a ball that is going out of bounds and brings it back and then he hits toy again in this mm-hmm. both of them inside the box hey that was last week's episode that was dallas okay every <laughs> every not. time every time you don't play check on i'm gonna talk about him anyway <laughs> great so <laughs> well, we at halftime spin that over to uh Reynoso too but i'll, I'll hang yeah, on oh, to that for a minute no no yeah just Give me two minutes and we'll do that. Um, halftime notes. I said Edwards actually looked pretty good. 
every uh, Lud was looting all over the place, and Musa was in big trouble. He was he was getting beat all over the place. All right, let's jump in to second half. The first immediate thing that happens is DQ almost scores again, like within a minute. Um, I can't remember how this whole thing played out, but it it was a it was a one on v one with Rashid Singh, right? And he just barely yeah. missed. You want to talk a little bit about uh, Bridget, how it how it played out? I just remember being really stressed, like, whoa, so, we're just yeah. going. <laughs> I don't even I don't remember where that play even started, but yeah, it looked like everyone knew they were in trouble as soon as Quintero had that ball, mm-hmm. and you can see Ranjit Singh almost panic a little bit looking for his yes. defenders who were nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Um, but yeah, it was it was close. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I kind of started to okay. Ramirez comes off, so he's not going to get his revenge goal. <laughs> he's going to buy everybody beer at the Blackheart, and then that'll yeah. be good. He had two great shots, though. I mean, the first yeah. one-time shot that he had, like on goal, Rajinsing, like blocked it perfectly. But that was like Rajinsing didn't even throw himself at the ball. That was goal. That was written goal over. And you could tell he wanted to score that one real bad because yep. the power he put behind that ball. I was like, holy cow. And I'm glad that now freaking Tab Ramos is finally recognizing how to use Ramirez. And actually, because yep. you mm-hmm. remember at the beginning of the season, he was like, he wasn't even like considered to be a starter. And now he is because yep. he understands the way that he moves and he, how he sets up plays. And just as long as you get him the ball in the six-yard line, six well, blocks inside a, the box, you'll score. You, you have know? a Uruguayan He's, coach on that team. That's the best-case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is where I started to kind of notice Chase right around this 50-something minute. It, it, wouldn't, it wasn't super concerning yet, but I was just like, man, he, he looks like he's a little tired. Um, 57th, we had Lud looting all over the place where he gets a give and go with – it was Amaria. It was a whole bunch of quick passes. Like, it was a nice build. Amaria, Finley, Toy all came in, right, in the 57th. And then you had – what was the buildup? Toy to Lud to Edwards. Is that the one? I don't remember. Lud ends up with it with, with basically, and, and he just runs right into the keeper and doesn't do anything yeah. with it. I, I mean, it looked like it could have been something, but. Um, and then we have what Rodrigo was referring to, the response from the uh, Uruguayo there. He brings in Ellis and Lassiter. Um, Lassiter, who's a pretty interesting case, he hasn't been with, with Houston for a full week. This is his first match. And there was another point I put in there. But, but anyway, he's he basically just got out of quarantine and, like, was thrown in and just decides to ad- absolutely annihilate Minnesota United. Um, so here it is. In the 64th minute, we notice for the first time, Ed is completely beating Chase in a foot race, um, getting a perfect little low cross, and Lasseter is there just to bloop, put it in. There's your second goal, whoever wants it. And that, and that was just a – and it wasn't like a, an extremely hard play. What happened is we lost the ball in the midfield quickly. And so Chase usually likes to push the ball up, like when they follow the, the, the action of the play, which is what you're supposed to do. And then he gets caught in a position where, like, there's a quick counter, a quick lobbing ball, and Ellis just beats him on that. And, like – Yes. And once they figure that that's what we're going to do is we're just going to – and that's all they did. It just kept on recycling that. And, like, I like Chase, right? I like Chase, right? Sometimes he's Pedro. Sometimes he puts some sauce on it. But, you know, he's not, you know, when he got someone like Ellis, who literally could be our starting forward, 
honestly, right? Uh, he's he's that he's that talented. He's he's gonna beat you. He's gonna beat you every time, specifically. And that was that was one of the times where like, wow, I was like, he Whoa. looked exhausted. And, and I was like, are, Chase is not played. We've seen has, him do that well. Yeah, we've seen him do that well. We've seen Chase do that kind of thing well, like in the, early in the first half. Oh, but yeah, yeah after, after the last couple of months, the dude's gassed, and you can, it's obvious. It's so obvious. They're he, he, he's, that every time. he's being inaccurate on crosses too. You know, he put like three crosses on that game, and well, went, I mean, at least he put a few crosses. What's that? At least he put a few crosses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dude, Thank is, you. he's the only one going like box to box. And yeah. he's yeah. actually making those shots. Half those shots came from him. He had uh, more the, shots. The, 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 the cross shots. The half yeah. cross, half shot. <laughs> he had I mean, more of those than the, the entire front line had that he game. Did. So. Yeah. He did. And, um, and here's, so... here's the thing that, that has been bugging me ever since we got back out of the bubble. Uh, and it seems that the only width that we get is out of our freaking left backs and right backs. Yep. And I'm like, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, do it once, sure. Do it twice, okay, we have a problem. But like, consistently keep on doing it, and now we've lost four games in a row. And you're like, well, how do we fix that, right? Well, how do you, how are you going to fix that? We can't go wide with your midfielders. Like, and I don't get that. With like, so many wingers. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm saying, it's like, well, then tell Gregors to play it out wide, right? Yep. Tell, tell them to make an effort to play the ball out wide, specifically if that's where we see where our strengths are, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to do that, right? But it's just, I, I feel that Dotson's role sometimes is come in here and try to figure out what you can do and then let him free. Yeah. And I get that, right? I get that because he can, he can cover the field. He can do what he wants. He brings that energy. But at one point, that just gets so frustrating when you don't know what you're supposed to do and what you're, the idea of, of your attack is going to be. And I just don't understand why we keep them. But we only wish we get is from our defense. And that's I don't great. either. I mean, and I'm, and, and I'm, every every episode you say it, and you're right. I mean, it's it's just same thing. Speaking of the same thing, we had a rinse and repeat. We you already alluded to it. The the third goal is the exact same combination going after uh, going after Chase, at least the Lassiter goal three. Game is essentially over at this point. It's not working. So Bridget, take it. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. So they put Babel in with like 15 minutes to go. Um, but that's where we see, like Pablo was saying, with what Chacon can do, playing that ball forward, finding those spaces, and we instantly see like what they can do with that mm -hmm. and what he can bring to the squad. Um, it was too little, too late. Obviously, everyone else is exhausted and didn't really have anything to play for at that point. Um, Right. And it was obvious they were just trying to survive, finish the game out, and get home. I was kind of amazed that he even made it in. I thought, I thought maybe tonight that this match would be his debut, but I, I suppose at that point, like yeah, you said, they, they have nothing no. to play for. Why not? Heath, they Heath they always wanted played. to get him some minutes and get him yeah. out there. So. Yeah, when Heath gets someone like that caliber, he's always going to get them to play. Yeah. Like he, he had a twenty minutes. Yeah, and I think, and, and I think the thing about Reynoso that I saw a lot was the fact that he. He he was always asking for the ball, yeah. And he was and he was and he was moving from left to right. He was always finding a pocket where he wanted the ball from, and he was holding it. He was not and losing he's holding the it, ball. Right? Not only he's holding it, but he's also <laughs> looking to see what to do with it. Step the one. That, the fact is now, like you know, this should be what we try to do, right? Like if we, if anyone's got, if Gregor's got the ball, find Reynoso. 
and then let him let him yep. do that, and then you can go out and do whatever. But because and at, what gets me excited, and the reason I tweeted out earlier this week is I want sixty minutes of Reynoso and, and Chacon if he's healthy, is yeah. just that 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 mind frame of playing the ball quickly and moving the ball forward. Yeah, right? but Amarisha, yeah. Amarisha can be a part of that, and Dotson can be sure. a part of that because at, 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 when it, when it comes to mental speed, you know, Dotson has it. You know, Lad doesn't have it. Gregus doesn't have it. Gregus' new job is going to be to hold, stay back, and then be defender mid, and then let those guys create. And, Ooh, and, that, and, that's going to be a tough sell. I don't think that's going to pan out at all, to be honest. <laughs> well, it's what should happen. <laughs> I mean, because you know that they, they, those, there's that unit of attackers or whatever that they are working in incredibly small spaces, and they all have to be connected mentally in order to actually execute that. This is what I'm predicting. The moment Bebelo and Chacon play together and they find each other on one-touch passes, it's going to be it. They're, they're, Heath is not going to have a chance to take them out of the team because we will lynch him. Oh, buddy, you're, you're assuming he's not going to be alone to Union Omaha next week. Union <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> you're going to have, you have to and drive down reason... to visit my parents to watch him play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're going to have to go to Nebraska to be able to watch games, right? Uh, <laughs> here's the thing, though. It's like the reason, the reason I asked for 60 minutes of Chacon and, and, and Reynoso is because I know they're both on, on a time aspect of it, right? They don't forfeit this whatever because this coach is not believing on fitness on the job, but we've seen it displayed everywhere for the past three years. Um, I think for me, the key is just those two playing together. Like, I don't care who's up top, right? If you're a forward and you can score, you'll, you'll get the ball, right? And then I think also that needs to happen. It's also at one point, you have the combination of Reynoso and Molino in a sense of trying to figure out how that might look as well too. Like if I get 60, if, if I get 60 minutes of Chacon and Reynoso playing together, I don't care what the score is. I don't care if we lose. I want to be able to see what the future is going to be like when we have someone like that. Yeah. And if and if we score and if we lose four to three or we lose five to four or whatever, as long as I see that there's there's some sort of creativity and some sort of offense trying for you, it, it's it's going to, it's going to only get better on and on. And like as much as I like to win, and as much as I like to for us to see this team to be able to win a championship at one point, I think. This part of the season of phase two or whatever phase we're in, um, what phase are we in? Like three? Two? MLS is back, back, backity, back, back again, back. Uh, let's call it phase <laughs> two. It's, I think it's technically phase one. Phase of, one? Okay. Yeah. So in phase one, then, I, you know, how many more games we'll have? It's, I just want to figure out what team we have. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. I don't want to win. I don't want to win anything unless. You know, like as, as as Wes has said it before, if I can't be in the stand to celebrate, right? I mean, what's the point? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and conveniently, as you already mentioned too, this this is four losses in a row. This is a this is a three nil like brutal drubbing here. This was yeah. this, they tore us apart, and it, it's like I, I put in that little uh, the little gif of like the the business arrow going straight down because I mean, we started this tournament in second place in the last three matches. We're now barely holding on to fifth, tied with like three or four other teams. So depending on what happens tonight, we can fall to like eighth. It could be. So let me just read this to you really quick. So this Not comes from Greeter. Greeter talking to Heath. He says, for now, he said he's trying to keep players confident as the club is on its worst losing streak since 2018. Uh, 
That October, the club had little to play for as they wouldn't make the playoffs and had been giving up goals by the bucket. I mean, that is some bad juju. Who said that? Keith? Keith? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, I, I, I don't want to entertain anything ignorant that, you know, Keith says. I'm sorry. I'm done. I pass. <laughs> well, let's let's take a quick break. But before we do that, we have a match this evening. Minnesota is playing uh, Real Salt Lake. What do you all throw to either Rodrigo or Bridget? What needs to happen to actually, at the very least, get a tie? But damn, we need a win. I mean, we it, know. It, do we know the starting eleven already? Um, I no heard problem. Chacon. I, I heard Chacon is going to be. I don't think he starts today. No, but he is at least not on the uh, injured list for today. So I no, wouldn't he's... be surprised to see him on the bench. I think he should, he should be. He should be in the bench, and he should be. He should play today. He's on That's a greyhound right. to Omaha, buddy. I'm sorry. What's that? <laughs> we're sending him to Chicago. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So I mean, tell he, me he, though, did, he did. He did not go. What? I know. I'm. I'm playing. I'm. I'm being. I'm oh. just being facetious. But I. I have no idea. But what I want to ask, what I'm asking you all, is. What do we need to see to actually get a, get a positive result? You want to go, Bridget, or should I first? Go ahead. Um, first of all, like, hopefully, um, our um, our new signing and defender gets gets some playing time, and we get to yeah. see how that looks like specifically. Because I understand Musa, but at the same time, I don't think Musa is the right choice in a center back. Um, starting role, unless you're talking you know, about the really French guy, back. right? Yeah, yeah, he's good. I've seen videos of the dude. He's good. So, like, if we can get someone there who's who's I, I don't, doesn't have to be Ike, but can be have similar at least track back and 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 be able to clear balls because in those two balls, those three goals, the all three goals, no, well, two of those goals against Houston were like crosses, like we weren't even in position to be able to defend those, right? And I think that's one thing I like to see better, better sense of defense. Um, I like us to stop going only wide with our left backs and our right backs and put the pressure on them to be able to create offense. Um, if Reynoso does not get a start, I like to get him at least 40 minutes, 50 minutes, right? I mean, at halftime, bring him in. Like, I mean, like to me, this is the game where you, where you, where you showcase what, what the possibility of a future is specifically if you don't, um, if you don't, if you don't know what, you know, I mean, you're, if, if the situation is right now, but in a four losing, four game losing streak, if you want to win, if you really, if the, if you want to win, if, and as he said before, you know, he tries to put the winning squad out there, then you have to play right now. So, and I think you have to play check on in a sense, somewhere in the midfield and you have to start Ozzy out of those three. I think those are the three that, you know, besides our, your defense, those are the threes that need to be in there. And then the rest is just. Um, you plug and play and see who who's, who's willing to step up for that role. Is this a winnable game? Yeah, it is. But depends which team shows up. Exactly. Well, I think we'd probably see Ozzy tonight starting, um, having rested over the weekend. Uh, if we can get the boss in there, that would be fantastic to see them play off of each other. Um, and it sounds like Babelow is probably going to be starting or at least playing like an hour. So he'd probably start him out. Uh, so he might be going for, we might have to 
basically run it as like super subs the first half. Come out with speed, not come out as flat as we did um, in Dallas and in Houston. Um, but I think they'll go for impact play from the beginning. That's what Keith will have to do. Do you uh, think make that, a statement. Oh, go ahead. Make a statement against them in the first half and then let let things play out. Is is that do you think the four three three is best for that or the four two three one that he loves so much? What's what's gonna bring that impact? Well <laughs> it doesn't matter. You just want a goal. <laughs> just it, score. I mean either score, way. Even if he starts it as a four two three one, it never stays that way past right. like the first five That's minutes. True. So, That's true. Um, I, I want to play devil's advocate really quickly and just remind everybody that it wasn't that long ago where this Real Salt Lake team was down four one at halftime and came back and scored three unanswered goals yeah. to tie was it LAFC yeah, or that. Galaxy? I can't no, it was Colorado. Oh, it was Colorado. Yeah, it was Colorado. And they and they tied that match four four. So yeah, I mean, FYI. That, yeah. That's fine. I mean I I think I think what you want is, is, is see, you know, if Reynoso does get the start, then see what the play is going to look like going forward, right? Um, like, who, you know who else has been posting pictures with Reynoso on their social media? Mm. Totin. Okay. So he's, 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 he's forming some sort of friendship and bond, which he should be with Reynoso, right? Because he's the guy that's going to be servicing you most of the time, hopefully. Uh, and I think, you know, like, as long as you have your defensive core at a good and with Ozzy in the middle tying it up, I think then you can risk whatever is up there. Yeah. Like as, as long as you have Reynoso in there, and then if you want to bring Chacon in for Reynoso after that finds or Molino for that matter. But I think I, I think you need to have someone who's willing to create and move the ball forward. And at, at, at this point right now, the only two people that we've seen really do that is uh, in, in, in a small glimpse to Reynoso and also seen Chacon do that as well too. Now I'm not I'm not crapping on uh, on Gregush, but Gregush has not been the greatest last three or four games either as well too. Like I don't know if it's the set pieces are, are you know are being placed where they're supposed to be, but there's there's just times that I don't know if he's gassed too and he's just tired and he needs a break. And if he needs a break, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, hey, he's got that attitude. Greg got that. Gregor's got that attitude too. That it's like, oh, I'm gonna like show off here and there too, and it's like I hate that. Just play the game, man. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry I interrupted. Oh, it's okay. Um, we'll uh, we'll cover this next week and, and kind of see how it all kind of pans out. It should be interesting. But my goodness, they they seriously they need something to happen because it's it's in free fall right now. And I mean, I mean, between... even if they can score a couple and still lose like four to two, getting yeah. a couple goals in will give them a little boost of confidence. Show some life. Really need right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is to me to me this is a must-win game, and the reason yeah. it's the must-win game is that you gotta start Bebelo. I mean, like you spend all this money on this dude, you know, just put him in there, like run away, let him let him take charge. I mean, like if anyone thinks that the midfield, a Greg which is gonna have an opinion on how the midfield is going to be managed, I don't think you any of you know how Bebelo plays. <laughs> Because, you know, he is going to take care of that, and he, we are going to play whatever Bebelo wants to play. I mean, in spite of Heath, I mean, the guy, you know, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you saw him in Boca Juniors. I mean, seriously, the guy has, like, this amazing talent. He's going to find people that are, like, very good at one-touches over there, and he's going to make them work hard, and they are going to be, are going to be successful. 
Finley needs to be in there in, in those top five too. When okay. when that when that happens when that happens, then what Rodrigo already said earlier about uh, uh, having Alonso there, that without Alonso we can't stop anyone until they get to the top of the 18. Let's be honest. We we can't. I mean, in the last game they came no. to the top of the 18. Everybody's be, quiet. Everybody's in agreement. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, you know, the, everyone came to the top of the 18 like nothing, you know. So, you know, we, yeah, we need that. And we're going to need Alonso to be helped by Gregus. And, and they're going to have to take care of that thing because the creativity is up front. And then it's in those other guys out there that we are going to be playing. We're going to be playing on that brain. And we will, when we play with that brain, then we're going to win games. I, I, I think this is a must-win game. I don't think we need to wait any longer. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break, and we'll come back and do some more MLS and some internationals and go from there. All right, bye. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be to me because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. Back on the Minnesota football show with Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria. Whoa, something just fell. <laughs> Trying to do my intros here. Things are falling apart. Pablo Miranda and Bridget McDowell. My name's Eric Silva Brenneman. My, my office is falling apart on me. Um, Dago. Dago came. No, when you were, no, it was hilarious. Dago came behind you and he was like, Oh, yeah, I know. His leg. He was doing a show. Yes. That, awesome. that's, that, that's, More Dago shows. Yeah, we do it. More Dago show. Um, Pity out, guys. He's going. So uh, Atlanta United selling him to Saudi Arabia for buttloads of oil money. It looks like $18 million. So they got him for 14 The The top, apparently, I mean, he did technically win South American Player of the Year. Didn't really get to do much here in MLS. And they're still sending him away with a pretty good profit margin of $4 million. So even though Atlanta United is just a complete shit show right now in terms of their business dealings, they're, they're still doing it right in that respect. I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you're Argentina, how do you feel when you're having one of your best players be sent out to play the Saudi Arabia? <laughs> well, and, and, and related to that too, what, is, what does that say um, for their perspective on the league too, right? I mean, I, I'm more worried about what people are going to be saying in Argentina and Brazil and Colombia ball in general when it's like, the the top player comes here and is like, man, this sucks. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, look at it. Like one of the top players comes here, gets sold to a Saudi Arabian team. What do you think the window of opportunity you're actually making deals with Argentina is now going to be like? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If we if we if we like Reynoso watch, we will we'll have to like make Reynoso watch standard and wait like eight months before we get a player. I mean, man, he better start. He better be active, like you guys are saying, right away. Or Dubai is gonna come calling for like twenty million dollars. <laughs> no, I, that's a reality, man. That's that's a reality. I mean, the people that manages these players, they literally do not care about anything else other than the money. That's why right. they. That's why they've been hired. <laughs> yep. Yep. So so yeah, if that's going to be. If that's going. You know, the MLS is going to be a showcase to sell players to Saudi Arabia or the. Uh, Arab Emirates, you know, then they're going to do that. I mean, like you have, you know, China playing really decent money for players right now too. Sure. 
That's true. You know, it's That's like, true. It's, it's, you know, it, you don't always figure out, you know, how certain players get to the team. You know, like uh, here in Minnesota, you have no idea how players like Lal end up in, in a team like this. You never know about those deals, but those deals don't really don't do not have a lot to do with actually soccer and playing, and it has a lot to do with money and who and what and how people are going to make money. Then after that is what the players that you have, and then you have to make the best you can with those, and then you need a good talented coach for that. But you know, um, I'll ch I'll channel my my David Zeller and say in Lud's case, there's there's some blackmail involved too. I'm sure. <laughs> He's, he's got a he's got a tape or a photo. So, uh, I mean, Atlanta's also <laughs> shopping around Barco, so we'll see what happens too. Right. Yeah. So I mean, like, you Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta's Atlanta's front office is impeccable, by the way. You know, I don't know. You you can True. tell me all you want. They're doing their job. <laughs> they're that's, doing uh, their, Marcelo Balboa. Yeah, they're doing their, yeah, doing their doing. job. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Um, let's jump to this, that slate where Minnesota and Houston played. I, I'm not going to run through all these, but is there a, a specific match in there that anybody wants to really talk about? Uh, Seattle and Salt Lake tying. Galaxy got a big win. LAFC destroyed San Jose 5-1. to one. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it. Everybody's like, no, all right. <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to say it's, it's interesting how the Galaxy have turned around specifically yes. when they had one, one, one of when, when they gotten um, – well, they got rid of Chicharito in a sense, right? But then they got uh, the better of the um, brother duo, the Mexican brother duo, right? Yeah. Um, the better Dos Santos, right? <laughs> the better yeah. Dos Santos. Well, well, I mean, you know. I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Because he, he, he's able to, like, command the midfield a little bit more and then be able to, you know, just give that solidity. And I think, you know, now they're beginning to play as a team. Like, I think that's the thing. The Galaxy is beginning to play as a team for the longest of time. Instead of a group was, of high-priced right. individuals. Right. And specifically, when Slatham was there, it was like, everybody give Slatham the ball and then bet, make sure you're, you know, like like he's a snot, snowplow 50 feet away and just let him do let him do what he needs to do. And then... And speaking... Let, I was, go ahead. I mean, you have that on that team, you have actually... Uh, um, how many times did you, did you see Diego Polenta you know, lofting a ball all the way to the front, somewhere in the, in, in the near vicinity of Slotten, and then he'll score. <laughs> yeah. You know? I was just going to mention in, in terms of high-named, uh, big-named strikers, there's the rumor, too, of Balotelli maybe being picked up by LA Galaxy. So we'll see. Yep. Um, I wanted to mention DC United beating New York Red Bulls only for the simple fact that Red, Red Bulls, similar to, similar to us here in Minnesota United, have also been in free fall. And like anywhere else in Latin America or in Europe, they did the logical thing and fired their coach. Bye bye, Chris Armas. <laughs> For whatever reason, that doesn't happen in oh. this state. I don't understand. Okay, Pena, Pena, okay. Was... <laughs> Go ahead. Listen to this. Listen to this. Peñarol in Uruguay has had 27 coaches in the last 15 years. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Do you want to start a coach battle with Goyazi Sports Clube? Because I will beat you, sir. <laughs> okay. No one told me. No one told me that Diego. Forlan. Uh, yeah, Forlan. Was he fired yeah. or he just leave? No, he fired. Uh, 
It's Peñarol. The fans wanted to fire him. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, Bridget wanted to add something. From one day to the next, it was like, I'm yep. leaving, thank you. And the next thing you know, they hire somebody else. I was like, holy cow. I was like, yeah, hiring that guy that used to be like super high on coke all the time. There's some really good <laughs> YouTube videos of him. Uh, <laughs> when he was uh, uh, having fun with the money he made. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's going to be the new Pinero coach. But that fits Pinero, you know. Pinero wants people, you know, from the ghetto. <laughs> Bridget, Bridget, I want to bring you back in. You, you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Well, I, was, I just think it's hilarious that Red Bulls fired their coach for losing to a team that was also in free fall. DC was not doing so well themselves um, and managed to pull it out in that last-minute goal uh, to go 1-0 against Red Bulls. So it's, uh, it's kind of a battle of the worst right now in Eastern Conference. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, the, and the next slate on, let's see, when was this? Yesterday, in fact. We had Houston. Houston is on the rise. Like, thanks to Minnesota, we gave him all this confidence. <laughs> You're welcome. Typical. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so Houston beats KC 2-1, to one, Orlando and Atlanta tie. Vancouver, kind of big surprise, 3-2 over Toronto. And San Jose and Colorado tie. Any comments there? Vancouver is the one that kind of surprised me there when I look at that. All right, moving on. Everybody's quiet. <laughs> Um, we had our, our friends over at fair put out an interesting report. I think I put this up on all the socials, no big surprise. It was, it was a kind of a deep dive into diversity and kind of the lack thereof throughout us soccer, MLS and NWSL. And boy, there were some damning numbers, especially when you look at the percentages of players of color or players that identify, they, they broke it down specifically as, Latino and black, but I mean, obviously there's many nuances and even that language uh, is, is restrictive. We know this, but just for the sake of their models, that's what they did. And then comparing it to coaching staff, front office, the business staff. I mean, it is like night and day there. There's some, it's worth looking at cause it's pretty stark. Yeah, I saw that. <clears throat> Any other comments? No, oh, we I should do that for the club level. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think, I think we should just plaster that everywhere in social media because, you know, it just tells a story, you know, and then it does. That, that, that story, you know, it's, it's actually the narrative, you know, uh, it's why, it's why we're behind in so many aspects um, because, you know, we have put, you know, uh, United States soccer in the hands of people that did not have experience with it. You know, we weren't very good at, you know, doing that at the beginning. And we paid a price for that, you know. And, there are some really good player interviews in there, too, that uh, MLS players, NWSL players, talking exactly what you're referring to, talking about what you're referring to, Pablo, with the pay to, pay to play and all that. And just, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a big, we can get into this conversation. And just I know, this, this is all you, Rodrigo. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but we're not going to, but, like, I think that kind of information needs to be handed down to, like, every club not only at a professional level, but also like as a youth development level, like be like, this is what we, this is what you're creating, right? And then like trying to figure out other ways to do that. Yeah. Word. Um, kind of a big deal yesterday as well. We had our, the, the start of NWSL's season 
I think it's going to be a, a, a limited season as well. I can't remember how many matches, but they kicked off on uh, regular CBS primetime rabbit ears TV, which for Pablo and I that gets snaps. Um, oh, I, was I got, I got, I got, I got some, I I'm into the, I'm in the pirate market now. You're, oh, you are, you are. <laughs> well, it was, it was on regular TV and, and uh, sky blue actually won two to one over Washington spirit. I was in studio, as I mentioned earlier, so I didn't get to see it, but did anybody catch the match? No, <laughs> I did not. Is 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 a that's is analysis? A, that's right. No Laval FC. No, not gonna watch. Not just joking. No, I, I got cut up with a bunch of other stuff, so I didn't get a chance to catch on. But that's fine. It's gonna be interesting what what this what what NWSL is gonna do now, specifically with a lot of the stars opting to play out in Europe. So. Yeah, they finally start getting this attention from mainstream sports media and then start exporting all the big names of the women's EPL. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I noticed, I looked a little bit at the schedule. They initially, I think it was, they were going to do something similar like the tournament where it was going to be like the first match and the final, but there was such an uproar and the ratings were so good for that first and, and final match that they've actually picked out like four or five more throughout the season that they're going to kind of uh, sporadically put on the regular TV because turns out there's no college football happening. Yep. <laughs> so why not? Yay. Wait, did I say awesome. that loud? Oops. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, let's jump to international friends. So we had our women's champions league final last a week ago today in fact last sunday and it was kind of a blowout olympic leonet does it again seventh title seven and my goodness there were some amazing goals two of the uh kumagai blast outside that just goes around the defender <laughs> inside the post is just spectacular what a goal and then we got to talk about uh said goner's daughter is that how you pronounce it she's icelandic i think right um, yeah, I think if they 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 marked it as like a back heel, but in the replay, it's it it basically hits her shin pad. I think it's like a back shin, and it's she's not even looking. It's like a no look back shin into the goal. It was pretty spectacular. <laughs> so nice. They they won with sauce. They won with sauce. <laughs> so the, so but, this was on this was on on uh, was this on uh, regular TV? No, I don't think so. Rodrigo, you would know this one. I, I saw. I, I, I thought it was on CBS All Access. I yeah, thought it was what the right. final was going yeah, to be. Yeah, it was uh, a streaming. It was a streaming, which I'm kind of glad I didn't. I, I missed the deadline to renew because then I get to watch a couple more games. But like, it's crazy now. Like how like I'm gonna just throw my cable box out the out the window now and just just start streaming stuff. Like I'm like. Yep. You know, it's 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 been to that point where I'm like I'm spending as much as I am on streaming services that I am on playing paying my internet cable bill. So Yeah. Well I know a guy from New Jersey, so hook me up, I'll hook you up. That's right. Hook us all up. No, you, you know you, you gotta hook up Eric up. That's the yeah, only way he's gonna be able to watch yeah. anything. Eric, Eric. If anyway, if anyone if anyone needs to be hooked up at all, it has to be Eric. Okay. Go to I'm, I'm a little worried I'm Go a little worried guy. about Go ahead. <laughs> Go to Best Buy, ride your bike over there with your helmet on, and, <laughs> and get a fire stick, and then we'll talk. 
All right, fair enough. I'm, I'm a little worried about a New Jersey connection, though. I'm, 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 I don't, I don't want to have to oh, defend, totally defend my family. He's totally legal. He's from Argentina. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Rodrigo is out. <laughs> we'll get you. We'll wait, get you. Wait, wait. I have not bashed Argentina at all during this podcast, and here's Pablo on the third time of the day. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Speaking of Argentina, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. I, I, I love picking up these segues. So we'll talk Messi. The, the drama, the drama keeps unfolding. Initially, it was reported like within a week. This happened in seven days. He's out. The deal is set. Uh, $830 million to Manchester City for three years with a two-year uh, playing being shipped over for NYCFC. That was the way it was going to be. And then like three days ago, it's reported, nope, turns out because of legal issues and who knows whatever else, I'm going to stay at Barcelona. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. Um, and they're still going to refuse to sell him for less than 700 million euros or 800 million. But yeah, so it's up, it's down. Nobody knows what's happening. He's, he's clearly not happy and still frustrated, but I, I'm assuming he just doesn't want to get into a whole other big legal, drawn out legal battle. So there it is. Um, we're talking about Messi now? Yes. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> uh, it's better than talking about Okay, Ronaldo. I tell you what. I tell you, no, I tell, I, yeah, that is true. You know, but I tell you what, <laughs> who, is the guy, who is the guy in the world right now with the biggest uh, uh, white problem ever? Messi. <laughs> he's, the, he's like, he can't, it's a, how many million, how many hundreds of millions of dollars is his problem? You know, it's like, Man, it's close to a billion at this point. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a small it's a, country's uh, GDP. I, I mean, it's a large gonna, country's GDP. He's going he's gonna to go back to Argentina and buy half of the country. <laughs> and actually, that'll be, that'll, be, that'll, be, that'll be good. No, that'll be good. If they split Argentina in two or three parts, that will be good for the whole South America. You know, <laughs> all, all, all Messi needs to do is go back to Argentina and buy back the Malvinas, and then he'll be president for life. Oh. <laughs> yeah, say it. Hey, wait, wait, wait. How do I do this? <laughs> save, save. Oh, wow. All right, well, let's segue from there. We're talking Barcelona. So let's go into the UEFA Nations. Pablo, I think this is yours, bud. I think you're the one that's been watching more than anybody. So uh, Germany and Spain tie, Ukraine 2-1. to one. What else we got? Italy 1-1 with Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, Netherlands 1-0 over happen? Poland. That's, that's what I want to know. How did Italy tie with Bosnia? That's, that's like, See, this is crazy. I haven't, I haven't seen that, you know, but Italy and England and, of course, France or whatever, they come in as the big favorites. Of course they are, right? But, uh, but Italy is, like, already screwing up. <laughs> 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 but that sounds like Italy, you know. I mean, if you look at Italy's history, they usually, when they got all the way to the end of the, you know, to the title, they kind of started like that because they're Italians and they already disagreeing with each other all the way across the board. So now they're going to have to get together and then try to work for the goal. I mean, this is the kind of format, you know, that Italy actually craves, you know, that it actually, you know, um, it benefits Italy to have this kind of format because, you know, they, they're, they're ready for this. They have experience, you know, you, you can tell. But uh, I, I, you're right. That was uh, that was a big, big oops. I'm gonna say it now. England looks like trash right now. To tell you the truth. I saw that. I saw that. But you know, Iceland looks like a like a. a, a I'm, like I'm happy a, for Iceland, but like. Oh, yeah. But England looked like trash. 
Like they should have won this game. Good. And like the fact that it was like a one-zero penalty kick type of thing, where they're like, "Oh my god, this is this is not the way you want to start, right?" Well, I tell you what, uh, Iceland to me play a perfect game. Their lineup was like either six-four or five-five or four-six. <laughs> they never had any intentions of attacking. <laughs> it was it was amazing to watch that that perfection actually lasted 90 minutes of the game and the penalty i don't know did you see the penalty shot did you see what the call was the guy had his hands in front of his chest i mean so yeah he like, was he was slide yeah. tackling towards the ball to block it and of course he puts his elbow out because it's close to his right. body right. so like he hits it hits his elbow and then he gets it he gets is it a double yellow or a red or a straight red card i think it was a double yellow Okay. But so it was a double, double yellow, yellow, but I, I, it was a, it was a double yellow, but I don't think it was actually even a, a penalty. Call. I wouldn't have called it just because it, like the ball. It would have hit the it would have hit the body anyway. Yeah, it was gonna hit his hand. It's it unintentional. Like yeah. It's not like his hand was extended out as he was slide tackling. He actually tucked it in. Yeah. And 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 the and the smart you know smart by the England England player to shoot at the body right because you know you're gonna you're gonna do but I mean it wasn't impressive. What but, was impressive you know, the, to me. Was to, to, Portland, Portland being Croatia three to one without Ronaldo. Oh, okay. Let's talk about the highlight of this match, though, which is Cristiano not playing and sitting up in the stands without a mask, where everybody else of the Portuguese bench is masked up. They made and a full one up for the second half. They did. That's where I'm going yeah. there. A, sta- a staffer walks up and has a word. Look on his face when she went up to him, glaring at her like, don't you know who I am? He cowers. He cowers like a little boy. It's like the turtle in the shell. It's classic. Did you enjoy my Portuguese Portugal there? I did. I like that. I like that. I want to go on vacation. I want to go on I want, I want to Total go on ben. vacation to Portugal with you. And Bolo, that's all I know. <laughs> so that was a four to one. I mean, they they dominated that one. Um, but that was impressive though, because who got who got second place in the World Cup? That was them. It was Croatia. Yeah, I mean, like, and they were like literally just like <laughs> not that far back, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it oh. was, and I mean, I I was really happy to see uh, Joa score a goal. For the senior team, but like, I mean, if you if you if you look at this team, like, do they really need Ronaldo? That's like that's yeah. Thank you, by the way. I mean, you know, Ronaldo is gonna have to like, in order to insert himself into this team, like right now, after this four-one, uh, they're gonna have to, you know, he's gonna have to be humble about it, and he's not. So, <laughs> so, so, so. I don't know. I mean, this game was an amazing game. I, one of the best games I watched in a long time. The, the goalie for Croatia, Dominik Likakovic, Livakovic. Uh, the, the, that guy's price just double or triple. Uh, he had 33 minutes in the first half from 0 to 33, where he stopped everything they shot at him, and they shot a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and finally... At 41 minutes, Cancelo scores, you know, I don't know if you guys saw that goal, but it's just an amazing, you know, I mean, the, the, the 
the physical prowess this guy has, you know, is, you know, he, he actually cuts a ball too long and still he's able to hit it and place it very well uh, towards goal. And uh, the actually, it actually, the ball gets a, a deflection. And so it goes a little further into the post than it was actually going to go to. And the goalie actually get three fingers on it. So this goalie would have gotten that. You know, if it wasn't for the fact that it took a deflection on a, def- on a defender. His, his name, again, is Dominic Livakovic. And he's 25 years old. He plays for Zagreb. He's, so he still plays in Croatia. And uh, Actually watching the highlights right now as you're talking. And, and yeah, and, it's, I, I and, just saw that and one. And I, you know, whatever. Whatever he's from. Planet Kryptonic. I don't know. He's an amazing, <laughs> an amazing goalie. Why want him? Minnesota United, I want him. <laughs> uh, Pablo, you put in as well uh, Wales and Bulgaria. Uh, let's see. Did I? Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yep. First half, Bulgaria dominated, couldn't score. Second half, Wales dominated, couldn't score so far until 89 minutes. And then, um, well, uh, Williams, 19-year-old uh, Williams. <laughs> From uh, from Wales, you know, keep 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 an eye on him. This is what I love this tournament because you know they get this uh, they get these young kids, you know, to come in to go in there and you know and then do their thing. And uh, you know, Wales has a decent team. Uh, you know, the the whatever team that can control and, and double mark uh, Gareth Bale, they're going to have a uh, um, they're gonna have they're gonna have success against them. You know. If you don't let the guy, the, you know, the, the man bond monster touch the ball, then you're pretty in, in pretty good shape there. But uh, this kid, keep an eye on him. Williams. Nice. Um, Here's the one thing got, I'm under protest about the uh, Nations League Cup or whatever. Is that I really wish we could – I really – I don't understand what there is in a woman's side to this whole thing. Like, sure. I would love to watch, I, I would love to watch Spain play. Like the women's Spain team, like I, I'd love to be able to watch all this through that, and then just because I think now Spain, like literally, is is the only team that's gonna give the United States more problems than last year. I think France is okay, but I think I I just want to be able to watch that. But you know, I watch well, some of the I watch some of the men game, but I really want to watch the women's play because I just think that's where where a lot the of re- the regional turn uh, tournaments is what keeps you competitive. You know, the Copa America, you know, this, you know, the UEFA League of Nations, that's what keeps you competitive because it's, that's what, you know, makes you play at a high level. The fact that, you know, that isn't already something like that for women is just, you know, it's just unfortunate. Uh, I was going to put in that Spain and Germany are playing right now. They're both winning. Um, and you'll be thrilled to know that, Arch nemesis Sergio Ramos has a brace right now. He scored two. One was okay, a penalty, but okay. Watch, 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 watch the third goal. Yeah, the third goal by number seventeen, Ansu something. Fati. Yep, that dude. You watch the third goal. It's just, mm. uh, yeah, it's insane. It's just insane. Mm. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Right. How old is. How old is that guy? I have no idea. Man, I got it. I got it up here though. You're watching yep. it too, apparently. Yeah. 
Well, that's about all I've got, unless anybody else has. Ooh, there it is, off the post. That's pretty. Pretty, pretty. Yeah, I, um, I mean, the only thing I did that was cool this weekend, I went to uh, the yours. parking lot of El Colegio um, Charter School, and apparently there's a pop-up shop, a Peruvian pop-up shop. And so I took a bunch of my my kids and got some picarones and sent some other stuff. The funny thing is that they gave everyone, like, the – the syrup for the picarones is like a, a deep fried donut that they make in Peru. Uh, but when uh, our, our um, esteemed um, friend, Wes, Wes Berdine, stopped by, they didn't give him the syrup. And I kind of make, when Emil made fun of him because of the fact that all the other Peruvians that went by, they all got the syrup. But apparently one time Wes comes through, doesn't get the syrup because he was like, <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, you know, they look at Wes and they go, does he deserve the syrup? <laughs> does he understand what syrup is? Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> it, it, reminds you, it reminds you of that SNL skit in which Ch Chadwick Boseman uh, is doing the, uh, the Jeopardy. Oh, the Black Jeopardy? Yeah, the Black Jeopardy. And they talk about, <laughs> so uh, and they talk about the potato salad, right? And like, there's so no good. seasoning. And I was like, I was wondering if they were thinking, he's like, well, does he even care about seasoning or syrup? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I know Wes was pretty upset that he didn't get the syrup, but I was like, "Well, you know, you gonna have to wait two weeks to figure that out." <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you have to become a regular before they trust you with the syrup. <laughs> That's right. No, like, no, it was great. I mean, uh, the the place is called, I think, uh, Flavors of Peru in MN. So like, they have an Instagram, and they're doing like, uh, you know, they're they're doing every two weeks at El Colegio. So yeah, no, and I I got to talk to the people. Uh, and, and both of them knew of me and which is weird but um, it was nice to be able to make that connection and specifically maybe you're a, big a, time you're MLS MLSsoccer.com nah nah but it was just it was, it was just nice to be able specifically that it's be held at El Colegio which is a charter school that a lot of um, you know some of my volunteering goes, go, time goes to from time to time so it was great to be able to support something like that I'm looking forward to helping them out and 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 doing all that stuff and hopefully i used to bike by it all the time once once upon a time when i went to the gym all the time <laughs> yeah i called you and you were in the you were in the studio and that's why you didn't come out because i was like because like isa was like doesn't eric live around here and i'm like you know you're right i should just call yeah, him. yeah had i not been in there i definitely would have mm -hmm. hopped on the bicicleta yeah cool well anything else bridget i got nothing all right well Fingers crossed for some good vibes for the loons this evening. We'll see what happens, and uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you, Rodrigo, Pablo, and Bridget. Bebelo starts. Yes, thank you. There you go. Chacon comes in the second half. Woo! All right, there it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll be thrilled with the tie, but we'll see what happens. All right. Yeah. Must win. Hasta luego. <laughs>